Welcome to Cathedral Square, hosted by Father Christopher Smith, Episcopal Vicar and Rector of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. For the next half hour, you'll have an opportunity to find out about some of the history, little-known facts, and the upcoming events at the beautiful campus on the corner of Chapman and Lewis, or, as we like to say, at the intersection of faith and reason. Welcome to Cathedral Square. I'm your host, Father Christopher Smith, Rector of Christ Cathedral in the Diocese of Orange, located in Garden Grove, California. It's great to have you with us today. On Cathedral Square, we talk about all things Christ Cathedral. We talk about the development of the cathedral. We talk about the events of the cathedral, the vision for the cathedral. We've talked a lot about the dedication of Christ Cathedral in these recent weeks. So we talk about anything and everything that has to do with this wonderful gift we have here now in the Diocese of Orange called Christ Cathedral. Today we have a very special guest, special to me because our guest and I worked together, and we still do really, and he is Father Juan Navarro. He's a priest of the Diocese of Orange, and his current ministry is as Diocesan Consultant for Evangelization and Diocesan Consultant for Faith Formation. Juan, it's wonderful to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Father Christopher, for your invitation, and I'm really happy to join you today and also to say hello to everyone who is listening to us. And uh, just grateful, as you said, about uh, our new house of prayer in our diocese, our cathedral, and the opportunities that are now open for all of us, for everyone in Orange County to celebrate and also to embrace. So thank you for the invitation, Father. Thank you, Father. And perhaps you could just say a few words to us about your work now in the diocese. What does it mean to be a consultant for evangelization and faith formation? Well, this is a big name, uh, a big uh, assignment. That is, uh, for me, that I just came back from Spain. This assignment comes as an opportunity for me to walk with the whole process that the diocese is now moving forward. So what I'm doing now is uh, connecting at this moment, one by one, slowly, to those who are related or have an assignment that is related with evangelization. I mean pastors, priests, all priests, parochial vicars, faith directors, and catechists that are doing uh, evangelization. So what I'm doing is is be a companion for them, really, to know what they are doing, to celebrate what they are doing, because everyone is doing something that is good. My mission is to really advise them, to support them, and strengthen what they are doing already with evangelization, and especially faith formation, too. So this is a huge assignment yes because uh, we have 63 parishes we have 175 85 diocesan priests in our diocese and and this is a mission that of going one by one you yes. know it's a big 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 thing but i'm grateful i'm learning every day i become more prayerful at this moment because i understand that this is not my work but god's work and it's slowly to see how we are all moving in the direction that Pope Francis invited us at this moment. Yes, and you've just begun this ministry, and so I would imagine kind of feeling your way into the ministry as well. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you just uh, recently returned from Spain, Mm -hmm. and I know that was for further studies. Maybe you could tell our audience where you were in Spain and what the studies were. So I wanted to study first spirituality of the Bible in the beginning, but uh, after a reflection, I decided to study pastoral theology. So looking for the options, I, I went to Spain 
to the University of Salamanca, but the campus is in Madrid. So for two years, I had the opportunity to meet with uh, 40 more priests and for all over the world. That was was beautiful because uh, I met someone from Japan and he spoke very well Spanish. I met many of priests from Africa, uh, South America, some from Europe, and we were all together. I was the only coming from the United States. Mm-hmm. And the, the funny thing is that uh, I was the the U.S. citizen, you know, the, the American one. You know, I, I fell for the first time to be like uh, American That's in that great. way. That's great. In the beginning, when they asked me about where are you coming from and what diocese, I always said from the Diocese of Orange. So they started to call me Orange because <laughs> of that in the beginning. So there was something that I was special for me. So I studied for two years and uh, I really want, wanted at the time and now I see the results in how to accompany the parishes and the people that are involved with the evangelization because pastoral theology is you are in the middle of the theology that is the fundamental theology and the practice of what we believe. So I'm like a bridge in order to create the, the, the steps noted that our theology that is so beautiful are in our daily doings in catechesis, formation, homilies, and everything. But at the same time, it's helping those who are in the field always to connect with that teachings, that yes. theology. That's just really creating that bridge. That bridge is so important. Oh, it's really important. Because at the end, probably the theology sometimes is so far away yes. from the reality sometimes in some way. But also we can be away in our w- daily work, away from our teachings. And it's how to make this... Yes communion always very vibrant in our community. So that's one of my missions. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Father Juan, we have a unique relationship, I think, here to Christ Cathedral because both of us were at St. Callistus Church before there was even a thought of purchasing this campus. And St. Callistus Church is the parish that moved onto the Christ Cathedral campus. It's in about eight blocks from the campus. And Father Juan was a parochial vicar at St. Callistus, and I think now by God's providence, I was just what they call a supply priest. I was vicar for priests at the time, mm-hmm. and the pastor of the parish, Father Twin, asked me if I'd come and say Mass to help out on Sundays. And so I said uh, more and more Masses there, both in English and Spanish, uh, as did Father Juan. And so we got to know each other at St. Callistus and were together when the diocese announced the move to the cathedral for the parish and I remember those days very well. Yes. Father, what can you remember what your thoughts were when you heard that the diocese purchased the campus and that St. Callistus was going to be moving? That was such a surprise because, uh, first of all, to know that we had the opportunity, you know, to bid in for the purchase of the cathedral was already something like, uh, wow. And after, because I remember the tension of knowing who is going to be the one to be the new owner of the cathedral campus, I remember the next day when they make the announcement and they said, uh, Diocese of Orange, I couldn't believe it. It was really such a surprise. And I have to confess that in the beginning, I was like praying of not receiving this campus because I knew the challenges. Yes. I, there was like a, something that I couldn't imagine. But at the same time, we start to embrace this new challenge as an, an opportunity. And I think that at that time when we start these conversations around how we are going to move and how the community is going to be transformed and everything, we start to see the challenges, but uh, also the, uh, the opportunities. And that was such a, such a journey for all of us. I'm, I mean, you are at uh, this moment 
still having all this experience of transition still. But at the time, I, I can tell that I grew up a lot because of that. I was learning about everything at that time. Meetings about construction, meetings about moving, meetings about the new ministry, meetings about the new ways to embrace the challenge of being a cathedral, uh, meetings about how the liturgy is going to be, meetings about how we want to use all the facilities and how to really take uh, these facilities as home. But that was a lot. It was yeah, a lot. That was a lot. And the reason I say, by God's providence, I was there at St. Callista is because there was no thought of this campus being the Diocese of Orange. I thought I was going to be vicar for priests for many more years. And then a bishop, even when the diocese purchased it, I didn't know I was going to be here at the campus. And then Bishop Brown asked me if I'd be the Episcopal vicar and rector of Christ Cathedral. So it was helpful for me, though, to already have been at the parish because mm-hmm. I wasn't a stranger to a lot of the parishioners. And that also helped me with you. That helped me with the priests at the time to be able to to make this transition. And this is so unique because how many times a community, whole community, have to move to a new campus? And uh, people know that we as priests, we moved every two, three years, four years, depends. But to move the whole community, I think for them also has been a, a beautiful journey. I know that many people have grown a lot because this new setting and new challenges in their life and how we are more trustful at this moment in God's uh, providence because this is his will. Yes, and in my experience of Catholic life and God's working in our lives, part of being open to God's grace is to allow ourselves to be stretched, <laughs> to allow ourselves to God to expand our, our hearts and our vision and our understanding and all those things that go along with it, our capacity to be patient and generous and cooperative and all those. And the move to the campus really did allow that kind of stretching to take place uh, for me personally and I think for all of us and for the people. And so it's beautiful now that that we are here and uh, continuing to grow. And I think it's just a great thing uh, that you're working in the capacity that you are here on the campus and for the overall diocese. I think that uh, also is, is providential, uh, the people that at that time were together. Because, you know, Father Twin, Father Joseph, Tran at that time, and you and me uh, as priests, plus all the people that we start to meet because of that. There was something that uh, I started to know so many people. There were so many meetings, planning, dreaming about this. In one point, it's like, uh, oh, my goodness. That helped me really to think in the diocesan level to really expand the understanding of, of my ministry in, in the diocese when you go on this level of commitment. Yes, and now that we're we're here and we're working, we have this opportunity, as we've said many times after the purchase of the campus, to be a place of evangelization. And uh, your work specifically is in the area of evangelization. And just uh, say a, a word about what that has to do with the overall strategic plan of the diocese. Well, this is a long, it's a long story how the, the strategic plan was made and how it's launched now. But what Bishop says is that he wants to ask everyone in the Diocese of Orange to dream about becoming all disciples of Jesus, which means that he's inviting us to really embrace what is the whole gospel invitation. It's everyone, every parish, every single home, every single parishioner is invited to embrace that call. 
I have it in my mind all this, this moment when Peter was called to go deeper on the sea and lower the nets for many reasons. Because Peter, he was a companion of Jesus. Peter was listening at him as a rabbi. He saw Jesus going to the synagogue. He saw Jesus visiting his home and carrying his uh, mother-in-law. And one day when he was listening at him, Jesus suddenly said to him, Okay, now please go deeper, go further. Take your boat and go further on the sea. And now lower your net. That's because beautiful it was image. beautiful. This is what everybody is really invited to understand. That it's not about just listening to Jesus. It's really, really going forward in that way and listening to his voice. Well, we're going to take a break. And I can't wait to hear more about what it really means to lower those nets, to cast them out, and to expand on that beautiful imagery as we talk about evangelization in the Diocese of Orange. So please stay with us. Welcome back to Cathedral Square. I'm your host, Father Christopher Smith, Rector of Christ Cathedral in the Diocese of Orange. And today we're talking to Father Juan Navarro, who is the Diocesan Consultant for Evangelization and Faith Formation here in the Diocese of Orange. And we've been talking about evangelization, and Father just gave us that beautiful image of Jesus asking Peter to cast the net farther and farther. And so keeping that imagery in mind, Give us a sense of what is the church talking about these days when we talk about evangelization? Yes, there are many different factors that today we have to embrace as a challenge in our church. But the most important, I think, for all of us, and has been the spirit of the Vatican II until our days with all our popes, and is in inviting every single believer to be moved by the spirit, to be moved by the heart that move the spirit that moved the heart of Jesus to reach out to others. So the beauty of the evangelization is that it's open to go in almost every single task that we do every single day. But at the same time, evangelization is the opportunity to bring him to others, to introduce him to others. So there are, there are different levels of evangelization, of course. But the one that I think that at this moment, uh, Pope Francis is asking us is that think about those who are out, away, or far away from the church. So think about them. Prepare yourself in order to go there. Go there and invite them with your testimony, with your experience of God, to come back or to know better or to experience uh, who is, is the Lord. The, the, the invitation, come and see. This is a beautiful journey, but it's a, it's a challenge because at this moment, the church needs to move forward in that direction. This is not just for those who go to countries away, but it's now here in our diocese, here in our zip code area, when we are invited to go and move. Evangelization today is about realizing that the Lord is with us, is experiencing that He is blessing us every day, and that we are in awe by His presence, but also companionship. It's an opportunity to embrace what we do every day in that way. It's an inspiring one to see the centrality of Jesus in our life, in our communities, in our parishes, in every single home. Again, when I say this in, in our diocese, in our diocese of Orange. So the invitation is 
to have this spirit of renovation, to put our hearts again on fire, as we, we have heard that sentence many ways, in many different ways, but I mean, it's really to embrace the, the, the joy of going and share the good news, share Jesus to others, and invite them to see how we celebrate Jesus, how we are in communion with Jesus, how we serve because Jesus, and how we learn because Jesus. All these factors together are part of our communities, and we are invited to make them more visible, more vibrant in that way. Yes, and we are familiar with that term evangelization that, you know, sometimes as Catholics, we think about evangelizations as as uh, people knocking on people's doors and, mm -hmm. and asking them if they believe in Jesus and those kinds of things, which is a form of evangelization as well. And in the church, we're talking about evangelization, not only uh, moving outward, but also ourselves personally and being open to that uh, conversion on a daily basis yes. in, in our, our walk with the Lord. And I think that's one of the things behind what we call today the new evangelization, you mentioned the word hearts on fire. Well, that's part of the new evangelization. Correct. That, that we have a new zeal and a new enthusiasm for our faith. Yes. And there's also, the church calls for a newness of method in how we communicate Jesus. And, you know, that has to do with how, how do we use the tools we have available to us through, uh, through the internet, through social media, through the technologies that are available to us. Just one example. Mm -hmm. And a newness of expression. How do we, express our love and faith in Jesus in ways that it's going to speak to the modern world. I always remember something where I read, I read about Pope St. John the 23rd talking about the opening of the, of the Second Vatican Council and speaking to the modern world. And one of the things he said is that the church needs to speak to the modern world, but the church is not to be like the modern world. Yes. And I think that's a very, very important distinction. Yes, we have a, a, a very unique way of expression in uh, our faith. And that is why it's not only because unique, but it's so genuine. And, and at the same time, it's uh, rooted in years of years of understanding of who Jesus is among us. And because of that, every single generation, every place must be full of creativity you know, and understanding and looking for ways to really expand, you know, to reach out to others in that way. So that's why it's not about just knocking at the doors, but are really about beautiful liturgies. Yes. It's, it's about real experience of teachings, connecting, serving. It's uh, be to, to show the world that we are really in the, the sense of joy. People have to ask us why you are so joyful. And we have to say, because our Lord is in me, in my heart, in my community. That have to be that way. So that's why it's so important to understand the encounter with Jesus. Because, again, the opportunity for us to really listen in, you know, the process of, oh, today, like Peter, when Jesus said, go to the deep of the ocean, you know, and lower your net, he needed to listen. In the beginning, he couldn't understand that. He said, well, I'm a fisherman. I spent the whole night, you know, trying to catch something and now you, camp carpenter, are telling me to do something like this. I say, yes. <laughs> and now he said, I will do it because of you, because you were. That is, we do it because he asked us to do that, you know, to really risk ourselves, to go forth, to open our doors, you know, to go to those who are in need. Because that is about the passion that creates uh, the sense of communion with our Lord and the communion what he's asking us to do. 
you know, the mission. That's why we are disciples, all of us, no matter who we are disciples. Yes, and mm-hmm. what you just said about Peter and, you know, being the fisherman and, you know, kind of like, you know, I've been doing this all my life, Lord. <laughs> yes. And now you come on the scene and tell me how to cast my net. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I remember we were on priest retreat this past summer together, and I remember really distinctly that the priest who was directing our retreat, he said this or something like it. I don't know exactly. But anyway, he said, uh, he said, Jesus chooses us, then he qualifies us. <laughs> so, you know, we don't have to be completely qualified and our lives don't have to be all together and all the rest of it uh, when Jesus chooses us because he will, with God's grace and the help of companions on the way, and teachings of the church and involvement in the community and the liturgy, those are all the things that then qualify us mm-hmm. to be these uh, missionary disciples of the Lord. Yes, so so that's one of my missions, and in, in together with another a big team that now we are part of, is that we are going to promote workshops, trainings. We are going to have to, uh, to promote retreats. There's a lot of things that we are going to put outside in order for first leaders and, you know, people that are in charge of parishes and everything to come and to have this process of formation. There are so many things out there because we want to provide, you know, tools, as you said, in order to help them to do a better experience. At, uh, at the, first of all, for example, I'm thinking about a parent that wants to teach his son or his daughter how to pray. I said, we, want, we, we can provide something that will help you to, yes. to develop the sense of trust that he needs to, to transfer to his son or daughter to see in him because it's about that. So children need to see their parents praying with, with trust. So sometimes parents, they don't know how to address that. I say, well, well, we will help you with that. But also uh, catechists, when they want to do something more meaningful, okay, we want to really help you with that. A deacon wants to... Uh, growing the experience of sharing the word of God because he has so many opportunities for sharing the word uh, in a baptism, in a wedding, in a funeral. So uh, how to, you know, make them capable, you know, in order to bring that message to connect with the people and invite the people to see that they are not alone. So there are many opportunities now. Many opportunities. Uh And and there are also uh, many challenges. And as we're talking about, you know, working with our communities and, and developing and nourishing that new fire, that new zeal for the Lord and those kinds of things. Father, in your experience as a priest ministering in the Diocese of Orange here, you were in Spain for the last couple of years, and and you've, you've had a broad experience of Catholicism mm-hmm. in your life. What would you describe as a major or some major challenges that living Catholic life what are those the challenges to living the Catholic way of life and to living with a heart on fire of Jesus um, that are in today's world? What are, what are our people experiencing that possibly make it difficult for them to focus on the Lord? Well, there are so many, many obstacles I, I think that uh, people have to face every single day. First of all, how the world is running in different directions. Uh, today there is a a sense of not sense of for the future, you know, just one of the things. Another thing is that um, depends on the continent where you are, the church is dealing with different uh, struggles. Yes. And adaptation, formation, and also creativity, things like that. But for me, the longing of being part of a community, I think is, is important. 
Today, even though we have families and we have a society, it really looks like everyone is just running by themselves. You know, like a, there's a sense of loneliness. There's a sense of sometimes people get discouraged uh, because things doesn't work the way that we think, and uh, they need the support. I think that uh, one of the things that people are longing is to have the opportunity to say, "I have a community that I can pray with. They support me. They accompany me at the same time." So this is one of the challenges I say that is important to embrace. The other thing I, is our structure, is a, uh, at the same time, what is our richness, our treasure, must be more willing to welcome the new generations. Yes. The, the youth today, there are different challenges. When we were young, we have a different vision of the world. These new generations need something that will help them to embrace their faith. And I think that a uh, we need to show and to uh, invite the youth to experience what we know by heart. And that is one of the challenges. Yes. So I think the evangelization today must give priority. It has been always like that. But uh, today more meaningful in that way, more, more strategic in that way in order to reach out to them. Because really, I truly believe that they are the future of the church. Yes. Well, we have, you know, that, that kind of that ironic mix of, of society that lives so close together and yet I think there is a lot of loneliness out there and, and, and longing for community and also we have a lot of competition in terms of all these messages that people oh, yes. want to get out there and they want their message to be heard and so you and I and, and all in our church we want the message of our Lord Jesus to be uh, primary in the minds and hearts of our people and so for that reason I'm very grateful Father Juan for the work that you're doing. Thank you Father. I know that you have that zeal for the work. You have influenced many lives over these years that you've been a priest and I'm so grateful for you taking the time to be our guest today. Thank you Father. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for all an invitation that we pray for all of you and I invite you to always be in tune here at this radio to listen more about what we what we are doing and eventually, you know, to see you in our celebrations praying together, doing things together in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father, and you've been listening to Cathedral Square. We can be heard on Saturday mornings beginning at 10.30 a.m. on Relevant Radio. We thank you, loving God, for this day and for bringing us together. Set our hearts on fire for your Son, Jesus Christ, and in everything that we do, we desire to give you glory and praise in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Cathedral Square Radio Show with Father Christopher Smith. To hear this program again or to download the podcast, go to OCCatholic.com and click Radio. Be sure to share and tell a friend as well. Have a blessed day.